Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. go tis the season the season of hate it is in the air and admittedly i was trying to be too cool for school for this and we'll talk about my feelings about what it is in just a moment but the moment has arrived and it's hard not to get a little juiced about what is on the horizon for kansas jayhawk basketball welcome in everybody it is the believe in jayhawks basketball show and the believe podcast network your number one podcast network for professionals we believe in our teams do you believe and so it was scheduled a few years ago they had the exhibition game prior to the 2017-2018 season correct no 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 this was prior to a couple of years ago before the 1920 season they had the exhibition game it was announced they would play the series, got delayed to circumstances. But tomorrow, December 11th, at the Fieldhouse, it is Kansas, it is Missouri, the border showdown, sick, the border war is back for the time being. They've played in other sports, and there's been some softball matchups, a baseball game here or there. No football, no basketball. Since 2012, I was there. And here we are. But first things first, this is Jonas Nordman. You can catch me online, Twitter, at JoeNasty90, Instagram, at JonasN310. And I owe you an apology, somewhat. Uh, The Believe Podcast Network switched over posting platforms right before Thanksgiving. And it was a whole... Don't post anything. We're switching over platforms. People can still listen, but you don't be posting anything until you hear back. Um, I got lost in the shuffle there. I did not receive my new login credentials until after Thanksgiving or actually right on the day of. So I missed a couple episodes there, uh, but don't worry. Thank goodness. Other ones did, but I, I, I do apologize. Last week, I was also a little sick. I have a cold. I've tested negative in the last couple days, twice, so I'm all good there. Kind of sucks. Get a common cold, right? And you can probably hear my voice might be a little scratchy, might give way here or there over the course of the episode, but I'm all good. I'm all good, I promise. Um, Vaxxed and waxed in 2021, that's me. So uh, a little lackadaisical there with the episodes, got lost in the shuffle. So I do apologize, but I felt the need. I am back to talk about Kansas versus Missouri. Luckily, other shows got their credentials. They're ready to go. God forbid we miss out on the Slapdick podcast. Speaking of Slapdicks, here comes Missouri. Mizzou is coming to the Fieldhouse. 
And because of the mix-up and the lack of credentials and the ability to post a show, wasn't able to really touch on, well, really the, the debacle that was the Dayton game. And then can just ba- bouncing back in a good way against Iona. Decent performance. Playing well enough against St. John's and then taking on just a putrid UTEP team. Beating down those minors. With an E. That sounds really bad out of context. Minors with an E. So Kansas, State of the Union, as we are heading essentially towards the middle of the season, you've got this Mizzou game, you've got Stephen F. Austin, you've got Colorado, then you've got Harvard, Harvard, and that's it for non-com. You know, the Harvard game is on December 29th. That's essentially right there, your midway point. So as we head into the, the home stretch of non-conference season, your State of the Union is Kansas is good. Their defense is not or has room to improve. And essentially, I think defensively, if Kansas isn't forcing turnovers, then they've got issues defensively. David McCormack on the backside, who's had mostly his downs, had a good game against UTEP, yes, came out with some forceful vigor. But he's not that anchor of a defense that we've essentially become used to, right? going all the way back to guys like Sasha Khan, Cole Aldrich, Jeff Withy, of course, the best. Talk about a stopper at the rim. Uh, Yudoka Azabuki, also the best. <laughs> Just plant him right there by the basket. You could do whatever you wanted defensively in the perimeter because you had that safety net right behind you. David McCormack, for all of his muscles, for all of his athleticism, for the time being, is not that guy. He'll have some blocks. It'll be spectacular. You'll ooh, you'll ah. Uh, But then you'll realize for the other 98% of the game, he's not really helping out on the backside of the defense. So when Kansas gets in the lanes, when teams are a little sloppy, they're able to generate turnovers, easy offense. That's when the defense shines. We saw that against Dayton, right? First half, forced them like 15 turnovers. But once that dried up, Dayton started hitting some shots. KU got a little tight in the booty. And it turned into a disaster. You saw that somewhat against St. John's there at the UBS arena, which looked lovely. Forced a lot of turnovers in the first half. And in that first portion of the second half, yes, St. John's hit a couple, don't want to call them lucky shots, contested, sure. But Kansas wasn't forcing turnovers. St. John's was getting shots up. And if the ball's in the air, it's got a chance to go in. Forced a ton of turnovers against UTEP. But again, UTEP, wow, they sucked. So that's your State of the Union. KU's good. Christian Brown has come into his own. He's attacking the basket. I'm sure you've all seen the stats by now that he's already scored more two-point baskets in eight games than he did all of last season, which I think tells you a lot about Christian Brown as a player. He's at his best when he's attacking, getting towards the basket, putting that big hard head into someone's body and trying to dunk on them. Not when he's floating around the perimeter and just being a spot-up shooter. Can he hit a three? Of course, we've seen it. But he's not a reliable three-point sniper. He's a slasher, and that's fine. And it's good that he's realizing who he is and his strengths before conference play happens. He's coming to his own. He's playing fantastically. And you can tell the difference when he's being aggressive. Abaji, still fantastic. 
McCormack, good game against UTEP. Remy Martin, fitting in. I'm sure we'll talk more about that as the year goes on. But that's not the focus of today's game or today's show. Excuse me. Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, Jonas Nordman. And here we go. I will admit that I am at the top of the ladder and the top of the Apple box, the soapbox, (laughs) the soapbox, bantering and saying, Kansas should not be doing this game or this series. There's only one side of this coin that is being, that is benefiting from this matchup. And that's Missouri. Missouri ever since going to the SEC, is irrelevant. So by matching up with Kansas basketball, a national brand that actually matters, they get some shine. They get some recruiting shine. Recruits are going to say, especially in the area, okay, I see a big televised event here that people are excited about. Think about all the St. Louis talent that Mizzou has not locked down. Just off the top of my head, two big names, Ben McLemore, Bradley Beal, right? They did not go to Missouri. But now St. Louis kids, KC kids, they might say, okay, this is an opportunity here. It's an SEC team getting a big televised event. They're going to play Illinois in a couple weeks for bragging rights. This is only going to benefit Missouri, which is something I don't want. I don't care if they're on equal footing. I want Mizzou to suck. That's just me. That's a rivalry, right? You want the worst for your rival? Maybe I'm petty. No, that's not a maybe. I am petty. Also, if Kansas wins, great. They're supposed to. This is a classic. This this is why Kansas never played Wichita State, right? And they still don't. What good does it do the Jayhawks to blow out Mizzou? It's not a quality win, even though they're an SEC team. Mizzou this year sucks. They're terrible. They are barely above 500. They're five and four, and they do not have quality wins, but they do have bad losses, including losing 80 to 66 to UMKC. Go Ruse. Those kangaroos bowed up on the Tigers, and they said, come here, let me drop kick you right in the chest. And they did. But if Kansas loses at Allen Fieldhouse, oh, my God. That's apocalyptic right there. That is a travesty. Like the Dayton loss is starting to fade. The rest of the college basketball landscape, teams are picking up losses. Purdue just lost last night on a half-court heave to a mediocre Rutgers team. Duke's lost lost a couple games. Gonzaga, hello, two losses now? What's wrong with that program? (laughs) Granted to a top 10 Alabama team and previously number one ranked Duke. But, oh my goodness, Gonzaga has lost ball games? Oh, the horror. So this is, in essence, inviting nothing but problems. It's going to be pretty sweet should Kansas take care of the likely scenario, which is beat the ever-living you-know-what out of Missouri. I've been looking for the odds, and this might be such a lopsided affair that they're not even posting odds on it. The one site I've been able to find has Kansas 
as 25-point favorites. That seems a bit ridiculous. Even as bad as Missouri is and as good as we believe Kansas is. ESPN's matchup predictor, Kansas, 95.3% to win this game. That is a heavy favorite. That's about what it was for the UTEP game. You saw how putrid UTEP was. I don't know if I've mentioned it yet. And I think perhaps the biggest reason I don't have my my juices flowing like others. I've talked about it before. I don't live in what's called the breadbasket, right? The breadbasket of the Midwest. I don't live in that stretch of highway between Lawrence and Columbia. I don't live in Kansas City K. I don't live in KC Mo. I don't live in Eudora. I don't live in Lawrence. I don't live in Columbia. I don't live in Olathe, Overland Park, Johnson County in general, Baser Linwood. Now I'm just <laughs> naming off teams in the, in the Caw Valley League, right? Eudora, Piper. I don't live next to the NASCAR track. I'm not there. So I'd imagine for people who are walking around right now with their crimson and blue on, it's much more likely to cross the street and run to someone wearing that god-awful piss yellow and black with a tiger logo on it. Then the juices might be heating up a bit. I get that. And that might be the case. Please let me know. I told you the socials, Jonas90 on Twitter, JonasN310 on Instagram. Let me know that if you're in the area, if that's part of the allure right now. You are around Mizzou people. The trash talk is flowing, although it may be a bit more reserved on the Missouri side. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're hoping for a good game. We hope we don't lose by too much. And then they're going to, the moment that Missouri possibly pulls off the shocker, they're going to be in your face, right? I'm going to assume that is contributing. Now, as I'm seeing the highlight videos, as I'm seeing the memories, as I'm seeing Sharon Collins looking full on Kansas's Twitter account and sharing his experiences of his freshman breakout game, I'm like, okay, this is all coming back. I'm seeing highlight videos of my freshman year when Missouri came to the field house. Both of them relatively equally ranked. And then Sharon Collins and especially Cole Aldrich throwing it down on Missouri and feeling that old barn shaking to its core. Yeah. I'm feeling it now as we're a day out. I, I, I am in the midst of it. And I think it's most important. We, uh, we appreciate and we show love to the biggest part of this. And that's high V, right? Oh, the high V border showdown without them. None of this would be possible. Forget all that ancient history. This makes me want to go to my local Kroger brand and be like, give me a, a loaf of sourdough. If it wasn't for you, this rivalry would be nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. I get it. I, I'm getting it right now. But I stand firm on my stance on of this is this benefits no one but Missouri. Oh, what about the the revenue for the game at the at the field house tomorrow? Uh, 
the Fieldhouse gets sold out for Tarleton State. It's, it would be fine. But the players are feeling it. And what surprised me the most was to see the quotes from Bill Self. I'm not sure where I come out on this. Bill Self could have gone into his press conferences and been really cool about it. And he could have said, this is another game. Obviously, it means a lot, but this is another game against a team we need to beat at home. Or he could have gone full board rivalry. And what he did is the latter. Immediately following the UTEP game, he said, yeah, this is the biggest game on our schedule. What? What? Said, and he even mentioned the other, the other opponents. He said, you could talk about Baylor. You could talk about Texas. You could talk about Kentucky coming to the field house. This is the biggest game on our schedule. Which in some capacity, I do appreciate the head coach of your program understanding the gravity of a rivalry. And he's, of course, been a part of it. And he's had some unbelievable moments within it, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But I was a little bit surprised that he took that path publicly. Internally, I'm sure they're really razzing up the team. It's like, you better put the beat down on. And I'd be really interested to see how Kansas does approach this. If it is a blowout, which it should be, because Mizzou, again, is a train wreck. Do they go pedal to the metal and make it hurt? Or does he pull punches a bit as it gets later? Obviously, I hope it's the former in that scenario. If he knows how big it is, if he understands the rivalry, then put the hurt on, show no respect, and make a statement. That's what I would prefer. Obviously. So we'll see. Perhaps 25-point favorites. We'll get into that in just a second. Missouri is terrible. Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, Believe Podcast Network. We are back. We are doing it big. And this is a pretty natural segue into the topic of the week, which has been everybody posting, what's your favorite Kansas versus Missouri rivalry moment? Come on, share. And it essentially boils down to two, right? And I'm basic. I'll keep it right there. It's either the football game in the snow, Reesing Meyer, or it is the 2012 Thomas Robinson block against Missouri. Both of which I was at. And I will start by saying this. So I unfortunately can recognize that I have become a little bit too cynical when it comes to the sports world. I feel... The most passion, certainly, for Kansas athletics and Kansas basketball, especially. It's just different, right? Your alma mater, the experiences you share when you're in school, especially at a place like Kansas and an entity like Kansas basketball, it just weighs a little bit different on your heart. And there's other teams locally that I feel that way too. But as I've gotten older, as you learn more about the business, as you learn more about what is truly going on in the minds of players, like these are not demigods the same way they were when you were younger. In fact, we're now, and I certainly am now older than most of the players I watch and root for, which is a tough prospect. <laughs> it's something I've had to come to terms with. But when you're five and a 21 year old 
to you seems like a full-fledged adult and the things that they're pulling off and things you've never seen before, it just means it's, it's just different. But those two Kansas first Missouri moments, the football game, Reese and Meyer and the Robinson 2012 block game, the 19 point comeback. Those, those are two games that really made me feel something. It was pure magic. And those are two of the most amazing sporting moments and games and events I've ever been a part of top five, 100%. And I have been very lucky to see some very special moments. I've been in the building as my favorite hockey team has won the Stanley cup and the Stanley cup came out onto the ice special moment, right? Been to amazing playoff baseball games. But those two were magic. And I'm going to hit on the football one, if you'll allow me the space, which you should, because you're tuning into my show. (laughs) But the football game was the fall and the Thanksgiving break of my freshman year. And again, as I have already alluded to, I'm not from the Kansas City area. And in fact, despite the fact that it has a negative connotation, that year of Reesing versus Chase Daniel, number one versus number two, both teams undefeated going into Arrowhead. Yes, the tuft of grass in Reesing's helmet will live on in infamy. But I have not fond memories, Jeremy Macklin as well, right? But that was a seminal moment in my Jayhawk life because I was still really considering should I go to Kansas? I had been accepted already. They were playing this humongous game, and yes, they lost, but it was the biggest event that I remembered Kansas football being in. It was almost like a sign, right? They then go on to win the Orange Bowl. They win the national championship a couple months later. So it sticks out. I was rooting hard. I was disappointed for KU. But the football game, I flew back for that game. Had Thanksgiving, flew back on Friday, stayed in the hotel across from Arrowhead, across the, I think it's the George Brett Bridge, right? I took the shuttle from the hotel to the stadium. It was snowing. And yes, I knew about the rivalry. I'm not sure if I had been to any sort of Kansas, Missouri type of game yet, but I got off the bus in my Jayhawk gear, feeling all fresh, ready to go. Stepped right off. And I don't remember exactly if they split the parking lots into rooting for Mizzou, rooting for Kansas, but the side I got off on, There was a lot more Missouri fans. And once I got off that bus in my crimson and blue, I started to hear it. And I was like, oh, here we go. As I had to traverse around the stadium to get to my friends who were tailgating on the other side. Presumably, if I remember correctly, the Kansas side of things. They were heckling. I was wearing it. And I was immediately indoctrinated. And I'll never forget it. And then, of course, the game was an epic. The game was an absolute classic. Sorry, I hate people who use absolute anythings. It is a lazy broadcaster trick cliche. The game was mesmerizing. With the snow falling, with those excellent players all over the field for both teams. Reesing to Meyer in the snow to win it. It was unbelievable. And again, obviously, I will never forget it. 
And those are the kind of moments that come out of a rivalry like this. And I get it. The 2012 game, of course, the basketball game, the final matchup. We were, of course, robbed of a matchup in the Big 12 championship in Kansas City because KU uh, blew it in the lead up to the final. I think losing to Baylor, Iowa State, perhaps. I think Iowa State. But yeah, down 19, right? And I think now that we have some distance between us, we can remark on how truly excellent that Missouri team was. Yes, they were annoying. Frank Haith is a little biatch, the former head coach. Coaching at Tulane. Or, no, not Tulane. Excuse me. Uh, Down there in Oklahoma, Tulsa. It's all tease. But I was trying to think of the rotation for Missouri. Just off, off the top of my head, it was Justin Denman, right? Kim English, who's now the head coach at George Mason. I think it was Ricardo Ratliff, their backup big man, or he was the starter because Steve Moore, that chunkster, was coming off the bench. And then they had the Pressy brothers, Phil and the other one. And, of course, Michael Dixon, right, with his five head. That was a really good team. And it, if you really think about it, they paved the way. They were a big part of this transition to only one big free-flowing Shooting three-pointer, modern basketball, right? And they were truly supreme to that Kansas team. There's a reason they were up by 19. If you remember, both games Kansas and Missouri played in 2012, they rendered Jeff Withy in a really good defensive year for him useless because they were running around him. They were too fast for Jeff Withy. It was a fast break, breakneck, breakneck style. And Withy couldn't catch up. He was in foul trouble both games. And for a Kansas team that had Connor Tehan in its seven-man rotation and Justin Wesley, yeah, it's a miracle they made the national championship game. Herculean effort, as we all know, by Thomas Robinson. Tyshawn played like a pro. Kevin Young did enough. Elijah Johnson, you know the tales. But that Missouri team, wow, they're really good. And I truly thought that was going to be the team. I, I, I'm I, an ultimate player hater. But I knew deep down that was likely to be the team to break Missouri's curse of reaching the Final Four. Granted, they went on and lost to Norfolk State in one of the most remarkable uh, NCAA tournament games I've seen. Same day Duke lost to Lehigh and C.J. McCollum. So, as you can probably tell, I can stand here, be cynical. I can try to poo-poo on the event. I can try to be above it all. But at the end of the day, Kansas, Missouri is stirring memories and thoughts and emotions in me that I am waxing poetic on and just rambling. So, let's, let's get to it. Kansas versus Missouri. Tomorrow, December 11th. Game time. 215 Central, 315 Eastern, 915 AM Hawaiian. How was Missouri this year? Tragic. God, they suck. They are five and four with that blowout loss to UMKC. They did beat SMU. They did beat Central Michigan. Fire up chips. 
but they lost by six to Wichita State. They got blown out by Florida State. They got annihilated by Liberty, and they just beat the pants off of Eastern Illinois. Also a team they beat called Paul Quinn. Not familiar with Paul Quinn. They beat them pretty handily. So, yeah, they are a heavy underdog to Kansas. Who do you need to look out for, Missouri? Basically just one guy. He hails from the state of Alabama. He's 6'8", 255 pounds. That's a wide load of a player out of Huntsville, Alabama. And you know if you got the name Kobe, you got to be something. Kobe Brown. Yep, spelled K-O-B-E, Kobe Brown. Man, is it weird to see kids clearly named after players we grew up watching, right? Like you see a lot of Shaqs now. You see a lot of Kobe's. I can't wait till we get the LeBron iterations in a couple of years. But Kobe Brown leads the team in both points and rebounds, as well as steals and blocks. He's a forward, 6'8". 14.8 points per game. Let's call it 15 points a game. He's essentially averaging a triple-double, 9.8 rebounds as well. 15 and 10. That'll play. They obviously haven't played anyone to the quality of Kansas thus far. Who else do you need to worry about? I guess Amari Davis. The only other player in double-figure scoring for Missouri. Ronnie DeGray III is at nine points per game. In terms of three-point shooters, that could light up. They have a player who's shooting 33.3% to lead the team in Sean Gordon, but he hasn't played in every game. Everyone else that gets major minutes is in the 20s in terms of three-point shooting. Kobe Brown, 28.6% from beyond the arc. And he shoots at 69% in terms of free throws. Very nice. So that's the team. Missouri, not good. I assume Kobe Brown's going to see a lot of Abaji. I, I would think they're going to throw the whole kitchen sink at Kobe Brown. Little Abaji with his length and athleticism. Little Christian Brown with his dogged determination and his dickish attitude. And then if Jalen Wilson gets his head out of his tush, his length and size would be perfect for Kobe Brown. Yeah, talk about a guy in Jalen Wilson who really needs to get it going. That is probably the key to Kansas this season. Yes, Remy Martin needs to figure it out. But I think I'll get into it next week. What I believe the perfect role is for Jalen Wilson. I've already figured it out. It's genius. It'll work perfectly if he gets it together. But appreciate your time. Feels good. Feels good to get back behind the mic and talk about Kansas basketball. Uh, We were at the home stretch of non-conference season, like I said. The Big 12 is right around the corner, and I can't wait. Big 12 is looking good. Big 12 is looking really good. Baylor, you're likely number one team of the nation. When the, the new polls drop next week, Iowa State just had a big win the other day. They beat Memphis, who, albeit, is struggling. But, yeah, Baylor, Texas has picked up a couple big wins despite losing to Gonzaga early in the year. We know about Kansas. So pick up these wins now because the Big 12 play is going to be a riot.
All right, take care, everyone. I hope you're having a great holiday season. Uh, the year is coming to a close. What a couple of years it's been, right? But we're holding firm. We're holding strong. Stay together. Stay vigilant. And I will speak to you on the other side of what should be, hopefully, a beatdown of a border showdown. That's right. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Rock chop. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.